Welcome to the Senior Bulletin Podcast. For some, aging alone is inevitable, either because they were always single or they just never had children. My guest today, Dr. Sarah Zeff Geber, is an author, a retirement coach, and also a professional speaker on retirement and aging. And she says, the truth is, we're all solo agers if we live long enough. Successful solo agers have learned how to age alone, and they have lessons we all need to learn. My name is Darren, and this is the Senior Bulletin Podcast, where we discuss issues and topics that matter to seniors. You're listening to the Senior Bulletin Podcast with Darren Marlowe, the podcast where we discuss issues that matter to seniors. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, please start by defining solo aging for us. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I'll start by saying that I do not have children. And I looked around me about 10 years ago, and I realized that a lot of my contemporaries, also baby boomers, did not have children. And I thought, wow, what's going to happen to us as we get older? Because I also see tremendous numbers of baby boomers still taking care of their aging parents. And as people get into their 80s and 90s, they usually need some assistance. And I thought, who's going to do that for those of us who don't have children? So I gave a name to us um, of solo agers. And that's kind of stuck and other people are using it now, which I'm happy to happy to hear. Um, but I've also expanded the definition beyond just people who don't have children. I got a lot of feedback in the beginning from people who did have kids, but whose kids lived far away, or they were somehow estranged. And they felt like they were solo agers too. So my current definition of a solo ager is anyone who either does not have children or is aging alone for other reasons. And even though I'm married and many solo agers do have spouses now, both my husband and I do not know which of us will be left standing after the other one predeceases us. So we both consider ourselves solo agers and plan accordingly. And that's what I think all solo agers should do. Perfect. And you're also the author of Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers, a retirement and aging roadmap for single and childless adults that received recognition from the Wall Street Journal. Tell us more about your publication. It came, the book came out um, almost exactly two years ago in 2018. And it was it was instantly a, a bestseller on Amazon in its category, and uh, it's continued to be very, very popular because a lot of people see themselves as solo agers and would like some help understanding what it is that they can do for themselves now so that they'll be safe and secure in their their oldest days. And of course, none of us have a crystal ball. We don't know how long we're going to live, but we're watching more and more people live quite healthfully into their 90s and even early hundreds. So that's not going to be an unusual thing with the baby boom generation. Medical science can keep us alive now under some uh, conditions where uh, that used to be lethal. 
So we're, we're going to live long lives, many of us, and we need to know how to keep ourselves safe and secure as we become a bit less able to do that for ourselves in many cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recently read where I believe they said the first person who's going to live to be 125 years old has been born. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's true. Yeah. So, so how did, how did solo aging catch your attention and, and why do you think it's such a big deal? Well, it caught my attention because I am one. <laughs> I am a solo ager. Uh, I do not have children. And the reason I think it's going to be a big deal is because when I started doing the research into it, I discovered that almost one in five baby boomer women did not have children. And that's a very big number. And of course, we can't say with as much assurance what percentage of men don't have children because let's face it, some men have children out there and they don't even know. But <laughs> um, but we can say that there's probably a fairly corresponding number of men also that didn't have children. Now, women t- still today live longer than men um, by approximately seven years. So, most solo agers are going to be women. Most solo agers are already women. But there will be men. And so both genders need to prepare for this. And again, whether, they're, whether they have a spouse or partner right now or not, um, unless you get hit by the same bus on the same day, one of you is going to predecease the other. So it's best to plan as though you were going to be a solo ager. Now, you mentioned that women outlive men by approximately seven years. Why is that? Well, that's, a, <laughs> that's been a very good question for many years. <laughs> um, <laughs> back in the 50s and 60s, the common thinking was that <clears throat> women lived longer because they didn't have the stress of work that men did. And they would, um, they avoided that. Somehow the stress of, of bringing up kids and managing a household budget, somehow that didn't factor into it. But the stress of work was supposedly what killed men earlier. Well, now, of course, both genders work. And um, it's, it's really hard to call that out as the reason why women live longer. It's still unknown. I mean, it may just be... Uh, more longevity may just be written into our DNA, um, or into the <laughs> the um, uh, into our genes somehow. But I honestly believe that women do take better care of themselves. I can see that anecdotally, and I can read about it statistically um, when I dig into the research on how women are taking care of themselves and how men often aren't. And it's everything from um, getting our bodies into good shape um, and uh, doesn't mean we have to be an athlete, but certainly able to move and to um, uh, and to do the, the, at least the kinds of activities that are required of us on a daily basis, as well as getting some additional exercise by walking or biking or playing tennis or anything that gets us out and moving. Um, women also tend to eat better, more healthfully than men. So, you know, uh, <laughs> those are more anecdotal than, um, than statistical based, although you can find some statistics to bear that up, out too. 
So that's my best guess as to why women live longer. But again, we just don't know for sure. Okay, fair enough. I'd have to probably bring some guys on here. We could debate that in another show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, I could find some men who run counter to that um, <laughs> generalization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Dr. Geber, um, from a financial and a legal standpoint, uh, should solo agers, should they plan differently than people who have children? Well, think of children as a safety net for most people. Now, you know, I have, I have a lot of people shake their head at me when I've said that and said, my kids are not going to be any kind of a safety net. But you know, when, when push comes to shove and parents get into trouble and need help, nine out of 10 kids come rushing to their aid um, somehow or other, either physically or monetarily or whatever is required. So, um, those of us without children and those of us whose kids maybe live six or 9,000 miles away um, need to be a little more strategic uh, and a little more robust in our planning. We just don't have that safety net so that in case we didn't get around to that planning quite soon enough, well, gosh, the kids are there to, to make those decisions for us. But again, in the case of solo agers, there will not be children available to make the decisions, the healthcare decisions, the monetary decisions. So it's it's really incumbent upon us to engage the services of uh, an attorney to do an estate plan. And by the way, um, when I, I know that <laughs> when most people think of attorneys, all of a sudden cash register signs and dollar signs come floating up before your eyes. And yes, attor private attorneys can be costly. But if you have not done an estate plan and you need to do one and you can't afford the 200 and up an hour that an attorney charges, um, check in with your local um, uh, council on aging or Area Agency on Aging, they often have attorneys that work at much reduced costs to do basic estate planning with older adults in their area. So by all means, uh, all older adults should know that every county in the U.S., every county or parish or however it's divided in your state, um, has access to services for older adults. It's part of a national program that was put into effect quite some years ago. And anyone who needs it can easily take advantage of it. You just need to find out where it is in your area, usually by an online search, and pay them a visit. Or these days, probably find most of what you need online. Mm -hmm. So more robust planning, earlier planning, um, more vigilant planning, that's, I think, what's necessary for solo agers. Got it. All right. Well, just to change change the, the uh, topic just a little bit, um, I know that some people, some of their biggest fear is loneliness. Um, are solo agers, are they more vulnerable to isolation and, and loneliness as they get older? And is there anything they can do to, to prevent that? Yes, I believe that they're more vulnerable to loneliness because they, solo agers are alone by virtue of the title. So unless 
unless we do something to disrupt that, uh, solo agers will end up alone as they get older. For everyone with encroaching age comes some encroaching um, lesser abilities. So for instance, your vision may not be what it was when you were in your 40s or 50s. Um, many, many people, when they get into their 60s and 70s, stop driving at night. And there's good reason for that. Our night vision deteriorates as we get older. Now, science is coming up with a lot of interesting things to help with that. There are some um, tinted lenses and various things you can get for your glasses. And where uh, even the automakers are coming up with ways to see better at night for everyone. Um, but currently, night vision tends to deteriorate. That's, that's just one thing. Um, you can do a lot to mitigate that kind of deterioration in yourself. Not just vision, but um, making sure that you have uh, proper vision, uh, sorry, glasses or any kind of vision aid if you need them, making sure you're wearing hearing aids if your hearing has deteriorated some, um, keeping, keeping yourself flexible and able to balance well are also important. Um, there's just a, 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 so many ways that we can keep ourselves in better shape. And going forward, that's pretty important. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as loneliness, uh, fortunately, there's some things in place nowadays called social media um, that a lot of folks can possibly take advantage of um, or increasing their social network. And um, you have some good ideas as to some of the ways uh, that older adults uh, can develop and nurture a stronger social network, uh, even if they're starting from scratch. So what are some of the ways for older adults to develop and to nurture a strong social network, uh, even if they're beginning to start from scratch? Sure. Um, well, a social network encompasses all of the people in your sphere. Um, it starts with family, whatever family you have. Just because you don't have kids doesn't mean you don't have other family. Um, you probably have a sibling, and that sibling probably has some kids. Um, so in that social network, well, let's first place family members. Um most importantly, those family members that live near you that could potentially be um, a source of companionship, a source of comfort, a source of help if you needed them. Along with family come friends, people that you know outside of your family circles, maybe neighbors. And Ideally, we have all been nurturing our social networks all along in our lives through people we've met at work. And then uh, sometimes there's a big shift when we retire and those people from work kind of fade out of our lives and we acquire new friends. But often we have to work at that because where friends develop naturally out of a work situation, we often have to make a make a point of getting new friends after we leave our work, uh, our work circles. So again, neighbors are great candidates for that. Also clubs that you might join. 
now that you're retired or contemplating retirement, think about what you would like to do with that time. Would you like to do more reading? Um, encourage you to join a book club. Um, book club clubs can be tremendous sources of uh, friendships, new friendships. And remember, too, that friendships aren't born overnight. They take time to develop. They take time to nurture. So don't be too quick to judge the other people in your group as being too old or too young or too, um, uh, too different from you politically or whatever it might be. Take the time to get to know them and, and slowly build uh, your social network beyond what it kind of naturally is with family and, and work friends. Um, this is harder for some people to do than others. The um, uh, Often people call themselves introverts who don't get out there much and, and socialize, but even the, the healthy introverts that I know have at least a small circle of friends that are special in their lives. What I'm encouraging you to do is deliberately expand that small circle and include more people. Because very honestly, as we get older, people leave our lives for a number of reasons. And so our social network has to continue to be replenished um, in a lot of different ways. So what I encourage my soul aging clients to do is to put themselves out there Join interest groups, join clubs. Maybe it's a hiking club. Maybe it's a quilting club. Um, maybe it's um, uh, a group you find on meetup.com. Um, maybe it's a group you find through educational activities. If you are um, taking classes now that, you're, now that you have more time um, today online, hopefully in the future again live. Um, but friendships even can be born and nurtured online. So again, social network is, is something that includes all the people in your, I call it your sphere, your sphere of influence or your sphere of contact. And again, it's family and friends and other people that are in your life for whatever reason. It may even include your doctors or caregivers. So that's, uh, that's what a social network is. And, and it, we should never, ever take it for granted and never ever take it as um, locked in cement because they never are. They change constantly. And that's especially true um, as we get into our older lives. Mm -hmm. So for those who aren't as uh, computer savvy or um, internet savvy as others are, are there places where um, people can learn about some of the social networking that's available out there? Um, that you're aware well, of? uh, of course today, when you say there, there are places people can go, the only place we can really go is online. Yes. That's what I mean. Online. Yes. Um, certainly there are, um, meetup.com is a way to connect with people with similar interests in your area. Uh, many of the senior centers have an online presence and of course, today, um, nothing needs to be actually geographically local if you're looking for <clears throat> ways to be less isolated in today's coronavirus world. Um, look to sites like uh, Vitality Society is a, 
one that is puts on all kinds of classes and group discussions specifically for older adults. Um, Senior Planet is another one that does that. Um, so there's a lot of resources out there, but people have to be a little bit computer savvy, at least to be able to search for those uh, for those places or have a friend do it for you. Um, it's never been as important as it is today for people to have at least a little bit of knowledge of how to use the internet because it's our lifeline mm-hmm. and it's going to be probably for another year or so. Absolutely. And uh, Dr. Gerber, you also have a website. Um, tell us about what's on your, uh, tell us about your site and what people will find there. Well, my site is pretty much devoted to my speaking and to the book. Now, today, I don't do uh, any live speaking. Right now, I'm doing a lot of of things like this, uh, interviews on radio and uh, webinars that I do for uh, particular organizations. So right now, what you could get on my site is a uh, kind of an advanced look at my book, and you could download some of what I have for free on my site or the ability to download some of the assessments and, and worksheets that I, that I use in the book. So if you're interested in that, I would encourage you to go to sarahzefgeber.com and uh, check out some of those things. And tell us the name of your book again and where listeners can buy it at. Sure. It's Essential Retirement Planning for solo agers and you can most easily buy it on Amazon. Perfect. And is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Gosh, I think we've covered a lot of territory. I just want to encourage people to get out there and build community, help build community wherever you are. One of the things that we can do during our sheltering in place is that we can interact with our neighbors Neighbors can easily um, set up picnics uh, in a nearby park in a a socially distanced way. Or if you live in a neighborhood where people have backyards or decks, uh, you can can do some socially distanced socializing that way. And I really encourage people to do that. Um, Use caution. Be careful. Everybody should bring their own everything. (laughs) Um, But we... Just because we are sheltering in place doesn't need doesn't mean that we need to um, believe that that uh, we can have absolutely no contact with other human beings. We should be having contact with other human beings. It's what keeps us alive. Absolutely, Dr. Gerber, uh, we do appreciate you being here with us today on the Senior Bulletin. Uh, the information you share with us is invaluable, and um, we really hope you have a great day. And thank you very much. Thank you, Darren. I appreciate that. And same to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you would, please subscribe. And that way you can enjoy all of our future podcasts. Be sure to visit theseniorbulletin.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, connect with our former guests, learn about Medicare, and also quotes and apply for life insurance. Take care. And I'll talk to you on the next episode.